The Big Fight Weekend Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is brought to you in part by BetQL. BetQL is your home for info that you need to make yourself a smarter, better. NBA, college basketball, and the NHL, they've got you covered. Just go to BetQL.com, promo code SGP30. That's BetQL.com, promo code SGP30 for 30% off. BetSGPN is where you'll find all the best sportsbook promotions and deposit bonuses. And just head on over to BetSGPN.com. BetSGPN, your home for online sports betting. We're also brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas is the home for the avid sports better, providing insights, analysis, and free betting picks from cappers and betters, including the crew from the SGPN. Better Than Vegas, it's like YouTube for sports betting. Check out all their free videos at betterthan.vegas. That's betterthan.vegas. We're also brought to you in part by Better Edge. Better Edge is a stock exchange for sports bets, allowing you to buy and sell betting positions like the stock market. The best part is it allows you to bet with no VIG. That's right, no VIG, and it's legal in 40 states. Sign up at BetterEdge.com, promo code SGP for a free $10 bet. That's B-E-T-T-O-R, Edge.com, promo code SGP. The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, T.J. Reeves. Yes, ring the bell. We have flipped the calendar to March, and we are off and rolling with another edition of the program that goes inside the sweet science, no matter how and where you found us. Thank you for doing so on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. I am simply the somewhat capable host. In a little bit, you'll hear from senior writer Marquise Johns from BigFightWeekend.com. Looking forward to his insight and analysis on all things that are going on this week. And stay tuned momentarily because super lightweight unbeaten contender from California, Brandon Lee, will be a guest right here on this program. Brandon, 21-0, 19 KOs will will be the featured fighter on the Showbox series next Wednesday night at the time that we're taping on March the 10th, Mohegan Sun Casino in Connecticut. So he is headlining on Showbox against a veteran fighter out of Philadelphia in the 140-pound division. Brandon Lee, a guest coming up straight ahead with Marquise and me on this very podcast. And then Marquise will stay on with me to talk about the news of the week and uh, much more, including the Friday night a ladies-only pay-per-view in Flint, Michigan, featuring unbeaten women's world champion, junior middleweight world champion, Claressa Shields. And will this be any kind of a challenge for her Friday night in the main event? All of that forthcoming. First, no matter how you found a social media link uh, through sportsgamblingpodcast.com, their network of shows, make sure you subscribe to the Big Fight Weekend podcast Get us through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find your podcast. Subscribe. We come your way in the preview mode, usually out on Fridays for the weekend. Hence the name, Big Fight Weekend, because we come out in time for the weekend. And if the fights are big enough, though, we'll come back and do a recap podcast uh, as well, depending on what it is and who it is. You won't have to worry about the when we do it, because you'll get an automatic notification if you are subscribed. So go subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Big Fight Weekend Podcast, 
and it will come automatically to you. Rate us and review us. More people will be able to find it. Thanks again publicly to Sean Green, Ryan Kramer, everybody with the Sports Gambling Podcast, their fleet of shows and all their programming, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. They help promote us as well. We are their boxing guys. They love us. We love them. We're glad that you found us however you did so. And again, check out sportsgamblingpodcast.com for everything. I mean, whether we're talking about March Madness that's going on, uh, golf, horse racing, whatever it is, baseball about to start up. I know football's over with. Actually, you know what? They've got the FCS football, the division down below Division One plan right now. They talk about that nonstop with gambling the odds, the whole thing on uh, Sports Gambling Podcast podcast and sportsgamblingpodcast.com. So thank you again to them publicly here for helping us out as part of Big Fight Weekend. With all of that out of the way, we got a special guest up right here, unbeaten, super lightweight contender, Brandon Lee. Marquise John's also sticking around with me as well uh, here as we will preview everything going on in the world of boxing. And let's get started. As promised, as we do continue on the Big Fight Weekend podcast, let's welcome in super lightweight contender, unbeaten, featured upcoming on the Showbox series yet again next Wednesday night, uh, March the 10th coming up. Brandon Lee uh, with us here on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Brandon, welcome. Uh, Good to have you. And I know you're excited to be back in the ring coming up for the first time in 2021. Most definitely. Um, I headlined back in 2020. Back in March as a main event, I'm doing it again in 2021, back in March. So I'm looking forward to it. And I think Marquise wants to ask you about that. And actually, I think I spoke to you about this before when you had that fight, because you were the last fight before the pandemic broke out. Mm-hmm. Uh, just walk us back to that whole process that you, when you, when you pretty much uh, destroyed uh, Camille Prieto back in Minnesota back in March. Last that, was a, that was my first time fighting without any fans. So it really was um, a different atmosphere. It really was um, different. I remember I had people telling me or asking me, like, is it going to make a difference? I told them, no, it's not going to make a difference. It's a fight. Um, I I don't hear anything anyways. No, I was wrong. Um, I felt like my adrenaline wasn't pumping, and I hurt the guy in the first round. So I feel like if my adrenaline was pumping due to the crowd, you know, chanting, um, screaming my name, et cetera, that I would have sped up the process and got him out of there. But, uh, you know, I delayed it like two more rounds and um, knocked him out in the third Along those same lines, you're the answer to the trivia question because there was not another fight in the United States for 90 days, and yeah. there was a lot of uncertainty for the day of the fight. Is this fight going to happen? Take us back to that and how difficult mentally was it to stay in the game with everything going on about whether you were going to fight or not that night a year ago? I remember um, I weighed in like on Thursday. I, I waited. I remember I weighed in. And I seen on Instagram that Shakur Stevenson's fight got canceled. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, hold up. He's supposed to have a fight Saturday. I'm fighting Friday. And um, my fight better not get canceled. And uh, <laughs> then I seen like two hours later, another fight got canceled. I'm like, man. So I remember we spoke to Gordon Hall. And um, he said, no, everything's all good. Everything's a green light. So uh, thank God. And you were able to get the knockout win. All right, so let's talk about last December. You were victorious. And again, you fought at the Mohegan Sun in what's dubbed the fight sphere, where there are no fans uh, inside of their bubble. What was that like? It's another uh, KO win for you, but what was that like to participate in the same environment that you're going to be in next Wednesday now at the time that we're taping? Um, 
I, I, I like it. I mean, I, first of all, I like the hotel. It's a nice big hotel. The rooms are nice. I have a nice little mall. Um, there's a pizza place there that I love. Um, <laughs> so I, I like it. Uh, I fought there in October. I got a fresh, fresh on knockout. I fought there in December and I got a third round knockout. Um, without the fans, I feel like I kind of adjusted. I got to ask the question then, if you've been eating pizza and it's the lucky pizza, what's the favorite, what's the favorite slice? What's the favorite toppings? If it's, if what's it's brought it? you luck. I think it's like. I'm not sure if it's like their own order, like they're like one of the things on the menu, but I tell me it's uh, Italian sausage, pepperoni, olives, and garlic. <laughs> That's not bad. I want to follow up you on, on that last card, actually, because the last time I spoke to you about this, uh, it was your, your showbox fight, actually. Uh, uh, Jerron Boots Ennis was on that card. I know you guys are still close. Uh, how, how was it catching up with him uh, during this whole last month back in December? It was good. Um, unfortunately, we really didn't get to see each other because, you know, we're on lockdown. Yeah. But after the fight, we caught up. And, um, you know, he was – of course, he was disappointed because, you know, he was about to win a world title and that headbutt happened. So um, I kind of didn't want to, uh, you know, put more pour, put more shade on him because I didn't want to bring up the fight because he's already down. So I tried to talk about something else. And uh, he, he went up to his room, changed, and he went back to Philly. Love it. From Brandon Lee, he will be featured on the Showbox main event, Showtime Boxing PBC on Showtime from the Mohegan Sun Casino coming next Wednesday night. Brandon, unbeaten, 21-0, 19 KOs. Let's get into your opponent, Samuel Tay, out of Philadelphia. He's a veteran. He's 17-3-1 all-time. He's 33 years old. All right, so those are the things we know about him. What do you know about him? What, what's the challenge going against this veteran? Um, exactly what you said. He's a vet veteran and he's beat several good prospects. And, uh, I truly believe that he's going to bring out the best, best out of Brandon Lee. You know, some people, uh, along the way, they're always going to be critics. You know, this, I'm going to get a smile out of you. They're always haters about everything. Yeah. And some people are saying until Brandon Lee steps up in competition and knocks people out that are more noteworthy, then, then we'll start to take it more seriously. Do you block that out? Do you use that as motivation going into this fight that you want to be impressive for that reason? Does it mean anything, Brandon? I could care less, but I do, I do uh, remember it. So when I knocked them, I'm like, hold on. Didn't you just say if I step up competition, it's the same result. So um, by then, I could care less. I wanted to ask you, Brandon, about that, actually. Uh, after uh, this fight with uh, uh, Samuel Tay, uh, what did you have planned going up forward in terms of competition? I saw, I read back that you you want the challenge for a title, and you mentioned uh, the IBO. Me and TJ joke constantly on here about the IBO belt here, but uh, <laughs> chat me up about that process, and uh, what title are you actually trying to go for? What do you think will be next if you win and you expect yeah. to win? What do you think will be next? Um, I'd like to get the IBO and then hopefully get that WBA that Mario Barrios has. Uh, interesting uh, that these are tough times. We've seen this with a lot of fighters with being able to keep weight off, make weight. How big of a challenge have you found that? We joked about pizza earlier. How, how, and what is the secret to being able, because circumstances are not the same when you get in the fight bubble and being able to make weight, et cetera. What is that challenge like? How have you handled it? So I've never actually made 140. This fight is going to be for 140. Um, I've never made the weight as a professional, but I'm on schedule to make the weight easily. My past fights, I've been on 143. I had no problem. My last win, actually, I was like 0.2 off. I had to take off my socks, and I made the weight. Uh, <laughs> I'm on schedule to make 140 easily. Not, I mean, not, not even going to have to break a sweat. 
might even get a second slice of that pizza uh, before it is over with. All right, one more time, because I know you have to go, Brandon Lee. Tell the fight fans this is coming next Wednesday night at the time that we are taping Showbox, the Showbox series. You're the main event. Tell them about why they're tuning in to see Brandon Lee. You got to tune in because, you know, I get the people who want. People want knockouts. That's what I'm here for. You know, I'm going in there and I seek and destroy Brandon, good luck. Thank you. We appreciate you hopping on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Thanks for having me. We're proud to announce that we just launched BetSGPN. BetSGPN.com is your home for the best online sports book promotions. And our featured sports book this week is PointsBet. PointsBet has a ton of player props, live wagering options, and more. And all the lines that we're using during any of our shows right now are coming from Points bets. You like parlays? Points bets has you covered with the parlay boost. For example, you just heard Brian Edwards talking about Oklahoma State against Baylor getting the double figures. I happen to like Michigan State getting the double figures at Michigan. Both of those games coming on Thursday night. You got the opportunity to get even more information and get a great bet down at pointsbet.com. And if that's not enough, they're offering two risk free bets up to $2,000. That's right. Up to $2,000 risk-free bets. Just go to pointsbet.com and use the promo code SGP. Pointsbet.com, promo code SGP. There are terms and conditions. It's void where prohibited. You've got to be 21 or over. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. Let's talk more about our friends at BetQL with the Super Bowl over and done with. We're turning our attention now to college basketball, the NBA, the NHL. And if you want an inside edge for who the pros are backing, you need to check out BetQL. They've got algorithms that have simulated all kinds of different games, all the different angles, tons of sportsbook offers that they have on the site. Just go to the App Store or the Google Play Store, download the BetQL app, and get the opportunity to go and play. We're going to make it worth your while because if you enter the promo code SGP30, you'll get 30% off of your first subscription. That promo code again is SGP30 at betql.com. Get the edge. They've got you covered. They've got all the great info over at betql. It's betql.com, promo code SGP30. We are also brought to you in part by Better Than Vegas. It's an all-new, completely free website sharing thousands of handicapping videos. It's like YouTube, but it's for what the DGENs only care about. Of course, the DGENs only all part of the Sports Gambling Podcast, the network fleet of shows. The best part is you get to watch all the video picks from the Sports Gambling Podcast network crew and what they're posting exclusively over on Better Than Vegas. They cover all sports, the NFL, college football, college basketball nba will be here soon as well if the free video picks aren't enough they're giving away cash one thousand dollars to the handicapper that wins the most units and a thousand dollars to the handicapper that has the most followers make sure you subscribe on the sports gambling podcast network page sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash btv better than vegas btv sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash btv so you don't miss out on any of these videos head over to better than dot vegas that's better than dot vegas to see more
We're also brought to you in part by Better Edge, the stock exchange for sports bets that allows you to buy and sell betting positions live like the stock market. And the best part is it allows you to bet with no VIG since you're buying positions from other sports bettors and there is no house. You can play for money in 40 states and they're doing weekly college basketball contests right now. We're talking tons of hoops from here on out here on Three Dog Thursday. And on Wednesday and Saturday, pay 10 bucks to enter and each user starts with a balance of $1,000 in edge coins to wager on the games. The player with the highest earnings takes the entire pool of entry fees. It's like a battle royal winner take all. Find the link under the competitions tab to get in for just 10 bucks. Sign up today at betteredge.com. Use our promo code SGP. Get that free $10 bet as well. That's B-E-T-T-O-R-Edge.com. Promo code SGP. We're back on Big Fight Weekend. Now, here's your host, T.J. Reeves. Indeed, we are back in one more time here on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Uh, Marquise John stays with me, senior writer, BigFightWeekend.com. Very fun to talk with Brandon Lee, who we will see not this weekend, but next Wednesday. Before we're back to do another podcast, Brandon will be in main event action on the Showbox series, Showtime Network of uh, of fights. Uh, what did you think? Now, uh, now that you heard from him, I know you've talked with him before. Does not lack for confidence, as you would expect. What did you think, Marquise? Actually, for Brandon, I think for this fight coming up this Wednesday, it's going to be status quo for him because that's just the way he is, where he comes in, he gets in, knocks his guys out, and then gets out. Pretty humble about it, too, nonetheless. And I'm looking forward to see if this this Samuel T is going to actually give him actual rounds, which is something he hasn't had with his last few opponents. I think his last a few opponents, like, like his last three have had to combine, like, eight rounds it's not brandon lee's not in for the long haul or endurance for these fights and i think this would be the one time that may happen to the point uh, of what we asked him in that interview that there have been some question marks about the caliber of competition i remember uh i believe it was steve farhood that we had on in and around the time of that fight last march uh and the fight taking place and he said something along these lines i believe this is correct that when he fought that opponent, I can't even remember the name of the guy that he fought in Minnesota. You probably know it because you're you. Yeah. Last March, who was it? Do you know it off the top of your head? Oh, of course. That's Camille Pareto. Okay. That's who he fought a year ago, 52 weeks ago. But that guy was literally like the 10th guy that they went through with Showtime and the promoter that Lee, his father, and his management team would accept. And what Steve Farhood's point was, when you're being this selective and almost handpicking using the line from uh, Rocky three, they was handpicked. If the, if you're handpicking fighters like that, people are going to begin to question what's the caliber of competition. My point is this should be a better test. Just one more time. We asked Brandon about this. This should be a better test with Tay, the veteran, the 33 year old um, at 140, right? This should be the case, TJ, because with Lee, this at this point, he's in this would be his twenty second pro fight, and this is the point where usually you would have had usually someone a little more formidable before this juncture. Now they're trying to speed that process up, and the one good thing about it, TJ, at least with Brandon Lee, has been pandemic or not, he has been active. So I think the activity is going to help him out with that, and hopefully, with that activity, will be better opponents. All right, we will see if that is the case. Okay, you and I have not conversed on this podcast since Canelo Alvarez 
not unexpectedly. Speaking about formidable competition, that was not the case, nor did we expect it from Avni Yildirim of Turkey last Saturday night uh, in Miami Hard Rock Stadium. Okay, uh, we expected it to be a knockout. I've got some thoughts, but you are up first on Canelo's latest win back in the ring about seven, eight weeks after we saw him in December. He was back in the ring. What were your thoughts, Marquise? You know a fight is bad, TJ, when the person who orchestrated the mandatory challenger of this event and Mauricio Suleiman has to apologize for it after the fact, thinking that this was not going to end the way we all expected it to from here to the rooftops. Like, this this mandatory challenger that uh, they set up for, for Canelo with Envy I've I watched this fight twice, TJ, and I kid you not, I think he may have thrown four punches, maybe the entire fight. The rest of it was his guard up and playing self-defense as he was getting knocked down repeatedly for over three rounds before he realized that, as I mentioned last week on the podcast, TJ, the over-under was four and a half rounds and take the under, and that's exactly what <laughs> happened three rounds in. And it's funny, TJ, because they went to the Yildrum's corner, by the way, as well, before this all was wrapped up. He says, right. Joel, Joel's his trainer, says, I'm going to give you one more round. If you don't show me anything, there's one more round, I'm going to throw this which still would have qualified for the under because it was a fourth round, TJ. So they knew what they were doing with this. Let's be honest. Yeah, and, and, jo- and Joel Diaz is a longtime trainer, and he was a bit animated at like after the second round. You got to show me something. Are you okay? I, I just, I mean, this is what you get, but, but let's take a step back. We've got Canelo being active. He's the star. He's the whole reason to tune in. No one expected Yildirim to give him much of a fight. So you got what you wanted. I would have liked for him to have gotten off the stool to start the fourth round for this to be a little more credible because he wasn't hurt in the corner. This this was complete surrender. I don't want to get hit again. I'm looking just to get out of here and maybe go have some fun on South Beach. That's what that looked like at the end of the third round. But it's, it's not like we had any expectation that had the bell rung for the fourth round that Canelo wouldn't have finished him, probably inside of 30 seconds of the fourth round, correct? Oh, yeah, no, TJ, this fight was this, – this outcome was all but expected. The only difference was is that the, the fight pr- presentation leading up to Canelo walking into the ring was longer than the actual main event itself with Jay Balvin. That's what people are remembering more about this fight card than anything else, and it's really – interesting with that because i'm actually liking what they're doing with canelo trying to cross promote him into other genres leading up to this because let's be honest TJ, half that crowd probably in miami wouldn't have been there for this fight had they known that this guy wasn't performing beforehand because we all knew what this fight was it was an extravaganza they had a little little concert some scene fans there i mean uh, again you have to have appreciation that in other countries i mean eddie eddie hearns coming out of the uk where they are back locked down again no fans anywhere And depending on who you ask, I saw some photos, I saw some video, there were probably about seven or 8,000 people there. They didn't come anywhere close to what they could have had socially distanced with like 15,000 or something like that. They probably had about seven or 8,000 there that were making some noise for Canelo. They had some atmosphere Uh, But Eddie Hearn was even remarking, wow, this is some scene with all the pyrotechnics, with the fans there, you know, outdoor stadium. This is stuff that's not going on in the UK, for example, and in other places where they're locked down. So uh, that that part of the scene was interesting. And let's let's get to the real part of this. This was the stay busy fight, like you like to say, for Billy Joe Saunders in May which we anticipate is going to be in front of a larger crowd. The reports are maybe back in Dallas, the Cowboys Stadium, AT&T Stadium where the Dallas Cowboys play, or maybe Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, the Raiders' new football stadium, where there's going to be a much bigger crowd and hopefully a much better fight for Canelo in May. 
Absolutely, TJ. Billy Joe Saunders was definitely not Avi Yildirim. It may be a duller fight, but at least it'd be one way. At least we know with Canelo, it, someone's at least going after Canelo, at least with Billy Joe Saunders, at least to get his, at least to get these belts for, for at 168. The one thing I want to figure out, TJ, is I really think this fight, it's been speculated to be by Texas or Vegas. Canelo has his fight promoter's license in Nevada for this fight to take right. place when they have fans back there. So I'd be shocked, honestly, if that fight or even the planned next fight, let it alone be either Kayla Plant or I'm still in the camp, TJ, where we may get Triple G again for the third to go around because how can you pass that up? There's money involved now again uh, for this for these next coming up Canelo fights where it be under his banner and, his, and it pretty much will be his fight, his rules. But the biggest key in Nevada is how many fans can be there. And Top Rank is wondering this. Top Rank, of course, had uh, the Burchelt-Valdez fight, and that's allegedly the last one they're going to do in a bubble. Top Rank is going to go other places to fight with fans, apparently, and then try to come back to Las Vegas with fans. And how many can they have and where? How many will they be able to have in Texas? Again, the governor, uh, Tom Abbott, uh, uh, earlier, it's Governor Abbott. I may have. I think it's Rick Abbott. I got my Abbotts. It's not Abbott and Costello. Uh, announced earlier in the week that they are back open, 100% capacity. So allegedly, for the fight at AT&T Stadium come May, if all this stays equal and stays open, you could have a full house if you could sell the tickets. You could have 70, 80,000 people. If that could happen, who knows? Who knows? That's still two months away. If any of that can happen for Canelo. All right. So there's the recap of his win. Again, we'll talk about Clarissa Shields and the most significant fight that's in the U.S. at least this weekend. Uh, the women's uh, junior middleweight undisputed uh, championship will be on the line. A women's Friday night pay-per-view. Marquise will have thoughts on that in a couple of moments. Speaking of pay-per-view, I am going to try to do this without laughing on the audio podcast, but Fox and Premier Boxing Champions have announced Andy Ruiz and Chris Ariola will be a heavyweight pay-per-view through Fox and with PBC uh, in late April. Marquise Johns, you got to be kidding me here that this is this is being offered for more than a Happy Meal on pay-per-view. Speaking of Happy Meals, Ruiz loves Happy Meals, or at least he did. What is going on here? You know what, TJ? Andy Louise looks great in shape, but having said that, I can't sell you on this being pay-per-view at all whatsoever. And th th it's always funny, TJ, when they have this as a main event for a pay-per-view with two guys coming off of a loss, mind. The last time we all saw Andy Louise, he was 283 pounds, allegedly, at that Andy jo Anthony Joshua fight in Saudi Arabia. And also, Chris Ariola was last seen uh, pretty much fighting with one hand against uh, Adam Kosnowski back in the day, back in 2019. And it's like, and you're going to put that on pay-per-view? And what makes it even worse, TJ, is like the undercard that's been announced for this is a, a who's who of who you last seen on PBC with a loss. For example, the lead-up fight into it, uh, Arizlandi Laura took on, uh, is taking on Tom, Thomas Cornflake Lamada. My boy Cornflake Lamada is in action again. Props to him for that. But it's also at 164, a random vacant WBA regular belt. Oh, boy. Se and secondly... The last time we all saw both of these guys, especially Laura, it wasn't a good showing. He won against Vendetti, but he was supposed to beat the plumber, right, TJ? So right. we got those guys on the loss. We got Omar Figueroa, who was last seen on pay-per-view, mind you, on the Keith Furman Manny Pacquiao card, losing against Jordanis Ugas. He's facing Abel Ramos, who, once again, lost on, on regular Fox TV against the same Ugas. It's honestly, okay. TJ, this so like a bear terms of out. You're laying it's a it out. who's Let who of losers. Yeah, losers. I didn't mean to steal your uh, your humorous line. The losers. All right. So, the the thing that I wrote earlier in the week. Do you take this as a sign that they're only fulfilling the obligation with Fox 
the prelim fights are going to be on Fox over the air network, a couple of them. And then the pay-per-view is going to begin. This, this smacks of, we have an obligation to do a fight card and a pay-per-view with Fox. And we're just going to put anything out there, including a couple of heavyweights and see if anybody cares. Is that what it looks like to you that's going on here? And is it a sign that maybe there's a separation coming between Fox and PBC somewhere soon? You know what, TJ? If they want to, if they want to chase away that speculation of them not being canceled or floundering, uh, putting this card up on pay per view is not the way to do it. And as you know, TJ, what what PBC and these pay per view, uh, they're the kind of they sign with these in demand pay per views is that they put about three or four of these on a year. And if this is the first one they're putting on for the year, they still got under three or four of these. And if this is what they're going to give us, I, no, yeah. stop. <laughs> Well, because uh, we, we had the Charlo brothers on the split pay-per-view on the same day on Showtime. That was a PBC. We had Errol Spence after that in early December, Fox pay-per-view against Danny Garcia. Those are pay-per-view worthy fighters and, and names. This yeah. is not that. Again, Ruiz hasn't fought since December of 2019, and it was a loss, like you pointed out. Ariola has only won two of his last six fights in the last five years and is about to be 40 years 40. old. And they want to charge $74.95 or whatever, $79.95 for this. I, I don't know who's buying that. So enough on Ruiz and uh, Ariola and, and Fox, and we'll, we'll see. History, history tells us, pay attention here uh, on divorce proceedings to the signs and the warning signs. And I don't know what the truth is, but this, this smacks of we have to put something out there. We'll put something out there when no one washes when no one watches it, both sides may just say, let's get out of the deal and PBC can go make a deal with somebody else, which may very well be CBS. CBS and Showtime are under the same umbrella, Viacom. That may be where Premier Boxing Champions is headed. I know Michael Woods of NewYorkFights.com wrote some about that in February, that that's the rumor that's out there. Let's see what's going on truly. Does Fox stay committed? Are there better fights coming? We'll find out. A couple of other noteworthy fights that were announced uh, for this week that I want to ask you about here before we get to this. We get the official date on Josh Taylor, Jose Ramirez. It will be coming also later on in the late spring in May. This is the unified 140-pound championship. Of course, we just interviewed Brandon Lee earlier in this podcast. He would be in the same division right now, 140 uh, Taylor has two of the belts. Jose Ramirez has two of the belts. This will be on regular ESPN uh, upcoming for May. Uh, your reaction here now that they have set this fight for May the 22nd here, 140-pound undisputed title, Marquise. It's a great fight, TJ, and I'm glad they pushed it back to a point where everyone can dedicate their time and effort to this fight, and it's for all the marbles at 140, and they very stacked 140 division. The the big thing I want to try to figure out, TJ, is the winner of this fight, let it be Ramirez or Taylor, do they get Teofimo Lopez once this is all said and done? Because that was the, the fight that was rumored before he went to Triller. Let's let's see if uh that comes to fruition now, now that these guys aren't exactly on the same page anymore. But even if that even if that fight's not available, say example if uh, Taylor wins and captures all the belts at 140, I wouldn't be shocked if we hear names like Regis Progress come back up again, or even even he someone beat, along those uh, lines. He beat Progress uh, in the World Boxing Super Series finale, which seems like it was years ago. It was actually October of 2019, and Progress, by the way, will be back in action in April on the Triller card that involves YouTube star. Uh, which Paul is it? Logan Paul, Paul, I think is Jake Paul, pick a Paul 
uh, Peter, yeah. Paul, and Mary, Minneapolis, St. Paul, <laughs> uh, RuPaul, or any of those other Pauls, Chris Paul. Uh, it, but in any event, that Triller show is in April in Atlanta. Prograce is the co-feature. Prograce would love to get his hands back on Josh Taylor. If Taylor wins, he'd love to fight Ramirez. If Ramirez upsets Taylor, let's see if he gets in the picture uh, or not. Uh, they're at 140 pounds. All right, uh, quickly, another heavyweight tilt. Looks like it's coming up. Michael Hunter, a guy that has not only fought on PBC as a heavyweight, an American, uh, but has also fought for matchroom boxing. It looks like he's going to fight Croatian Filip Hergovic, who is massive, a knockout guy, undefeated, young fighter. This looks like it's going to come together. It's not officially announced, but this could be coming like April, May as well, right? It's looking like April, May, TJ. And the one note that I saw with uh, Hunter when he announced this fight was he wanted he's he's been wanting Philip Hergovic for a while now, even when he was still on matchroom boxing payroll. So now that these two have came to came came to terms on this, I'm looking forward to seeing how that looks because for Hunter, this will be the IBF mandatory, which will pretty much put him in the number one spot, which was held forever, TJ, as you well know, by the greatest of Kubat Pulev, who just got knocked up by Anthony Joshua. So the winner of that fight between Hergovic and Hunter will be the new guy to replace the vacant spot, which was held by Kubat Pula. But here's the story. important thing, all right, for the undisputed showdown, Anthony Joshua, Tyson Fury, they're trying to agree, they're trying to fight. Because Joshua already fulfilled the mandatory by beating Pulev, it yeah. doesn't matter. I mean, these, these organizations make it up as they go along, but the IBF can't mandate Joshua fighting anybody right now because he just fought their mandatory in December. So it's going to be at least a year before they can mandate and try to strip him. Now, the WBO version of the belt, that's where Alexander Usyk, the former cruiserweight world champ, unbeaten, has been waiting and has been waiting for virtually a year as the number one guy and has stepped aside and waited and if Joshua doesn't fight him at some point later in this year, the WBO is going to strip him of that belt. And what may happen, just to stick this all together in one kind of uh, package here, is Usyk is going to fight Joe Joyce, English unbeaten contender also in the WBO. And the WBO will essentially call that the interim championship and may make it their world championship, depending on if Joshua is stripped. Hopefully I didn't lose everybody on that. But for Hunter and Hergovic, you're, you're fighting for an IBF mandatory. That doesn't mean anything right now. That's what my point is. In March of 2021, that doesn't mean anything because Joshua doesn't have to fulfill that for at least nine or months or a year. Not, not only that, TJ, uh, with that mandatory spot, let's not forget that that IBF mandatory was set up there for a long time when Joshua lost the belts to begin with to Andy Luiz, and they had to push that fight back to the fact where Josh had to get the belts back from Luiz to even fulfill, fulfill the mandatory. You keep calling year. him Luiz, and I'm looking, I'm looking around for Luiz Jefferson, Ruiz, Andy Ruiz, Ruiz, Ruiz. And, <laughs> and you're right, Ruiz won them, and then they had the rematch, and then it took still another year yeah. because. They wanted to have fans for Joshua to fight Pulev uh, in the first place. And again, we covered the WBO angle. Tyson Fury has the WBC belt. Wilder still wants to fight him. Deontay Wilder still wants to fight him. Where is Deontay Wilder? I mean, do we need to put the Amber Alert out, put him on the milk carton? When are we going to hear from him? I guess he's getting the advice, stay quiet, because they're still trying to make the Fury third fight happen. But we have heard nothing from the bronze bomber, we haven't seen him. He's not back in the ring. It's only fueling speculation that, uh, that those that are saying he's in complete disarray, he's not training, he's not ready to fight. Until until you show yourself and until we see him, we, we, we don't know what to go on, right? 
we don't, TJ. And actually, maybe it's probably best for Wilder that he doesn't say anything because the last few times he's has said something, he's True. brought the conspiracy fairies and the heavy costume and all the uh, muckety muck that no one wants to hear at this point after that fight was all said and done. Yeah. So we'll see if Wilder can get in the mix or not. Another heavyweight. We mentioned Hergovich is undefeated and Michael Hunter and Usyk and Joyce and all these contenders. Tony Yoka who is a Frenchman fighting in France Friday night. The podcast obviously debuting on Big Fight Weekend. You may already know the result. Yoka fighting. He's unbeaten. He's the former gold medalist in the super heavyweight division uh, for uh, France in 2016 at the Rio uh, Olympic Games. Is now a pro, and he's what, like 9-0, 10-0? He's fighting Friday night. He could get in the mix for one of these one of these eliminators and number one contender slots somewhere down the road. There's a lot of good young unbeaten heavyweights. Absolutely, TJ. And Tony Yoka is in action on Friday, uh, taking, I want to say, as Joe, uh, Joe Yoko. Uh, it's an interesting fight because with that one, hopefully this will be a more interesting fight for Yoka, whose last go-round wasn't very interesting. But he is coming into this fight also 15 pounds heavier than him this go-round. So this may not be as long as we expect. All right. We'll find out. Um, all right. Let's get to it here. As you hear the voice of Marquise John, senior writer, BigFightWeekend.com. TJ Reeves hanging out with you on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. We do have fight action on Friday night. Uh, women's uh, pay-per-view card, a women's only pay-per-view card, Flint, Michigan, Fight TV offering the pay-per-view uh, right now online. Look them up through social media and online. Fight TV offering the pay-per-view for Friday night. Clarissa Shields, speaking of Olympic champions, two-time gold medalist in ladies boxing, will be in action against Marie-Yves uh, DeCare. Uh, DeCare, a French-Canadian undefeated as a professional boxer, a former amateur martial arts world champion. Okay, Marquise, give me a little more on this. Shields 10-0, not a big knockout puncher. It's women's boxing, um, but she's obviously one of the biggest names in women's boxing right now. She's the headliner main event. Give me more, Marquise. Absolutely, TJ. And uh, the quote uh, Carissa Shields here is taking on uh, Marie DeClaire for her, Eve DeClaire for her uh, IBF version of the belt at 154 to essentially wrap up what will be for Clarissa undisputed at 154, which is a remarkable feat for her on her end. Uh, De- Marie, 19 uh, 0 TJ, zero knockouts. So I don't expect that to change uh, after this fight <laughs> on Friday night between either one of these two either. Uh, especially with the biggest take and the biggest reason for that also teacher with these, these women's boxing, especially with knockouts, two minute rounds. It's kind of hard to do anything right. really with two minute rounds. I, I don't, that's even at the, even at the smaller levels, but and a lot of with, times, and, and we're not making fun. Anybody that's willing to get in there and take a punch. I don't care who you are. You're tough. All right. Men, women, whatever, but they, a lot of times have more padding on the gloves. They're a 10 or 12 ounce glove to, the safety is a bigger concern in the women's sport. And I know Clarissa doesn't want to hear that. Clarissa's Clarissa's going on and on about how I can't get a fight in women's boxing. I can't get paid, blah, blah, blah. All right. We'll see what, if is is this entertaining, uh, et cetera, she's expected to win again. Decare is uh, more of a known commodity in terms of martial arts, but has had a lot of professional fights. So this will be interesting. Um, and you you've been looking over the odds for our friends at the Sports Gambling Podcast, SportsGamblingPodcast.com. There are actually odds on this, but Decare has got very long odds to to be able to win this, right? Yeah, TJ, uh, DeCare at, the, at this recording is about an eight to one underdog, and I wouldn't Woo! put not one plug nickel thinking she's going to <laughs> overcome that either. Uh, and it's one of those fights, TJ, where it's, you see it on paper. It's like, oh, maybe maybe this is that one time where Shields gets caught, right? This is this this is this is the time she's due for that upset. No, 
And this is not so. the time. Uh, this isn't that time either for that one as well. And I really just think this really hate to say it, TJ. I think this this fight in a bizarre way is a kind of a stay busy for her until they actually get actual opponents for her, TJ. And I'm I'm still in this mindset, TJ, and it's, and it's been since the Olympics for her. Until Shields faces Savannah Marshall, which is held on the across the pond in the UK with matchroom boxing, a lot of these fights for her are just, are just going to be a lot of these where she's collecting. And you believe, everybody. and she's already making this intention known, she may not box at least exclusively much longer. She may go into ultimate fighting MMA and go in the octagon for bigger money, Clarissa Shields. Yeah. That's right, TJ. The professional, the PFL or the professional fight league, which is going to be on ESPN starting in April. Grand prize tournament, TJ. One million bucks. Uh, my favorite fighter from last year, Clay Collard's in it. So I'd be surprised. And I know for a fact Clarissa Shields is in it. So they're all chasing the money for it. And rightfully so. It's a million bucks. Wow. All right. Big paydays uh, on that. And again, Shields uh, was last in action a year ago uh, fighting Ivana Habazin. And, uh, and scored a decision, scored an easy win, a dominant win. And and one more significant thing, you made mention at the beginning of this in the buildup here, she's going for a fourth world title at junior middleweight. And if that is the case, she will become the first fighter, male or female, in the modern era of boxing to be a four world title undisputed champion in two different divisions. She was already that previously in the welterweight division, the women's welterweight division. Uh, and again, you can talk about undisputed with three belts versus undisputed with four belts. That is what's on the line here. If she wins, she wins the IBF 154 pound belt. She will be the first ever in two different weight divisions. Say whatever you want to have all four belts. If Clarissa Shields can get it, we got to get out of here shortly. Any final thoughts, Marquise Johns here on this edition of the podcast, anything else here as we head towards the weekend? Uh, none for this weekend, except uh, keep an eye on to see what happens, how fast Shields takes care of uh, Marie here uh, at BigFightWeekend.com, your source for all things boxing news, past, present, future. We'll keep an eye on, on all that stuff as well. Anything that happens crazy over the weekend on a weird, slow boxing weekend uh, domestically and abroad, which actually which, which pretty much took a, took a bye week. But next weekend, TJ, we got bigger fights coming, and we got Chocolatito Estrada, two in the yes. works. Chocolatito Estrada next weekend and a couple of other interesting fights next weekend. And don't forget again, Brandon Lee, before we're back on the podcast, will be fighting on the Showbox series, Showtime Networks uh, from the Mohegan Sun Casino next Wednesday night, the 10th. He is the main event, super lightweight, unbeaten contender, uh, arguably one of his toughest tests, if not his toughest test to date um, uh, here with the, uh, the Philadelphia fighter, uh, the journeyman, the 33-year-old Tay that he's going to be fighting next Wednesday night. We thank Brandon for being on. We thank the Showtime folks for helping us out with the interview on that. Marquise, great stuff. We appreciate it. We'll keep reading the site in the preview mode, the recap mode, the historical perspective, all of it on BigFightWeekend.com. Thank you, sir. Absolutely, JJ. Thanks so much. There's Marquise Johns. Find him at Week Sauce Radio, by the way, on social media. Follow us at Big Fight Weekend on social media. We are done for now. Subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Thank you for finding us however you did, and especially through the Sports Gambling Podcast and their network of shows. For now, we're done uh, on this edition of the program. Read us up on BigFightWeekend.com. We're back next week with another edition of the Big Fight Weekend Podcast. Bye. These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, 
you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20.